welcome to Winner Winner Sporting Dinner, the show where a different guest each week tells us their sporting dream dinner party, and we imagine how that evening might go. I'm Rodri Morgan, and as usual, the regulars on the podcast, to my right, we have Matt Banks. Hello, how are we doing, Rodri? Very well, thank you, mate. And of course... The inimitable Alex Jennings. Hello, Rodri. Very, very happy to be here. Thank you very much for our inaugural episode. And this week to kick everything off on this new podcast is Dan Alexander. Dan, how are you? Not bad, mate. How's everything going? Very well. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Dan. I am a trainee sports journalist, Fulham fan, love all things sport. Lovely job. Guys, Dan on the podcast, what do you think? I am relieved that it's someone that is interested in sport, otherwise this whole format could be in serious trouble before it's even started. Yeah, for the first episode, I think it helps that we've got someone that likes sport. Yes, yeah. that's fair comment. <laughs> and Fulham are a nice club, and I like Fulham fans. Okay. That's nice. Yeah, nice. Not in short supply on our sports journalism course, people who like sport, but I, <laughs> but, I, but I think Dan is, uh, is a, something of a leader of the pack in terms of conversation and outspoken opinion, so hopefully we might get some good content. Okay, so just to run you through the format of our podcast, we, as I said at the start, will be having a guest on each week to talk us through their dream sporting dinner party. Dan, who have you chosen for us? So, at my dinner party would be Roy Hodgson, Conor McGregor, Oof. and Freddie Flinter. That's a, that's a real mixed bag we've got there. Okay, um, Okay. Initial, initial thoughts, initial reactions? I mean, have they been in the same room before? That's what I want to know. Is Roy, has Roy hosted this sort of occasion before? He might, seems like quite an urbane guy that would host a dinner party, but I'm not sure they'd be on his guest list. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Freddie would probably host a couple of dinner parties now that he's taken a break from going on lakes and, you know, he's, he's become a bit more of a serious sporting bloke. Now. When, he, when he's not hosting various crap TV shows. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine the Giacomo store would be raided before a Flintoff uh, <laughs> dinner party. Although Tokyo is doing very well, isn't it? Um, In terms of viewing. I'm not, I'm not a watcher. I, th- I, I, I think admit. it is. Anyway. It's doing all right. Uh, should we get started then? Sure. So, Dan, talk us through... Why have you chosen these three, and how do you think they're going to mix together? Well, Hodgson is an obvious one as a Fulham fan. Great seven manager. What he achieved, unbelievable. Just have to pick his brains about those two seasons. Mm-hmm. McGregor would probably be in the category of why you shouldn't meet your heroes. I'd regret <laughs> advising him, but played a big part in my sporting life, so why not? And three, Flintoff. I just want to know what happened on that night out in 2005, <laughs> and I want it in all the detail. Incredible. So, sorry, Alex, carry on. Well, I was just thinking, we were talking about Roy Hodgson the other day, and for, I think, many neutrals, he's a sort of figure of fun, not necessarily seen as a great manager. But what he achieved at Fulham was remarkable. We, we were watching highlights of the Europa League final, and imagine a team of the stature and the ability of Fulham getting to the Europa League final today. It'd be crazy. So I can completely understand why, as a Fulham fan, but you've got a very soft spot for him in your heart. Well, you came in in December and we were relegation candidates and we were sort of 18th, deep in the mire after Laurie Sanchez. Came in and even with five games to go, we were still in the relegation zone. At half-time away at City, we were relegated. Came back from 2-0 down, 1-3-2. Won four of our last five, including Birmingham, Reading, then our final day at Portsmouth. And then stay up next season, brings in a load of cast-offs from mid-table clubs, finish seventh, Europa League, this is incredible, what is happening, <laughs> next season, Europa League final, beat Juventus, beat Hamburg, I mean, 
you can't get any better for a club like Fulham than that, really. Did he did he go to Liverpool straight after? Yeah, straight oh. away. He left, took Paul Kincheski with him, and <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> and when are you an England fan? Yes. So yeah. how what is it like when Roy was England manager? Because obviously he was pretty disastrous. But in your head, was he still this god that was being undermined by the players, or did you apportion no, him he, some blame? I'm I'm separate enough to be able to know that he failed there, and he's he's a fantastic mid-table manager. You know, West Brom fans, Palace fans, they all love Hodgson. It's at Liverpool and on the big stage at England. Uh, he, he suits this team that have the backs against the wall and have to play a counter-attack and defensive style. So that's not really what Liverpool or England are about. So just a really quick question. Do you think that a manager like Hodgson will never be able to manage, say, a world-beating team or a league-leading team because there's just too much good stuff there for him to work with and he's used to working with... Like underdogs and maybe I just think that his tactics and his whole style as a manager is is based upon getting your defence solid and then nicking points where you can and one nils. And I guess Simeone's done that to an extent at Atletico at a high level, but scrappy stuff. Scrappy shit outs for a better, <laughs> better order work. Also, I, I would say that there's an argument that Hodgson's problem with England was that he tried not to be Roy Hodgson rather than he was Roy Hodgson in that his team didn't play, he didn't focus on shape, they weren't negative, they weren't counter-attacking, he tried to be really expansive and wasn't very good at doing it. So, especially with Euro 2016, there was a time when a lot of successful international teams, like the likes of Portugal, Wales, um, even Northern Ireland, were overachieving by playing a certain way, which I think Hodgson could have done, and did with Switzerland, arguably, um, but just didn't have the cojones to do with England. I've actually got something quite interesting here. I don't know if you guys know, know about this. Did, I don't know if you knew about this, uh, Dan. But did you know that, that Roy Hodgson uh, managed the rest of the World Eleven in a uh, charity game in the 90s for Nelson no, Mandela? Right. I'm absolutely I've got some intrigued. of the team, names, uh, team players here. Right. Christian Carambu was playing. Pele played up top. So, yeah, Roy Hodgson has managed Pele. Um, we've, got, uh, some other, we've got Rude Hullett in the squad here. Uh, we've got some names that I don't recognise, I'm not going to lie. Gary Mavert, Spurs legend, was playing at centre-half there. Uh, and I would love to have known what the, uh, what the, what the, the pre-match talk was. Yeah. Riling Pele up for the game, I think that would have been good fun. I mean, I dread to think what, how much that would have gone over Pele. <laughs> I don't, don't know how well he speaks English. But Roy, listen, Roy is a very urbane man. Big literary fan um, with a very sophisticated taste, speaks five languages. Um, and one of his favourite books, this is true, is um, The Adventures of Orgy March by Saul Bellow. Uh, and the synopsis, brief synopsis is that Orgy March is an everyman in Chicago who survives by his wits, his own luck and pluck to make it in the world. Living, along, living among lowlifes and gangsters, he is intellectually ambitious, famously quoting philosophers and writers. And I think that would be, in many ways, Roy's role in this dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, low lowlifes and gangsters, need I say more? Uh, and, you know, he'd be kind of I think he's a real sort of... He's the guy leading the conversation. How dare you call Chris Baird a lowlife? Oh, no, not Chris Baird. I'm talking, I'm talking about Flintoff and McGregor. <laughs> listen, Chris Baird is a Booker Prize-winning author in that context. Uh, listen, I'm sure Aaron Hughes has got some very interesting opinions on literary on this matters. Do you think Roy's actually going to be leading this dinner party? Uh, I, not necessarily leading, but that was perhaps the wrong word. But I think managing. he's he's the guy that can stimulate things, you know. Uh -huh. And if if the conversation wavers at any point, I think I can see him sort of bringing it onto higher ground. Which, given the other two guests, I think may well happen. Yes. I think that's that's 
Apart I mean, from the course. I mean, it's an obvious gag, but Roy Hodgson can speak five languages and the other two can barely speak one <laughs> So, you know, I feel like a lot of responsibility might fall on his shoulders. So looking at our next guest, Freddie Flintoff. Dan, this night out, right, how are you going to posit to Freddie Flintoff to get this story out of him? Bear in mind, Roy and Connor are sitting there as well. I think this is where McGregor comes in because... He's inevitably going to turn up with about 65 bottles of whiskey. Uh-huh. It will flow. And I know Flintoff's not, not as prolific with the drink as he used to be, but I think after a couple of whiskeys, we could, we could get it out of him. Is Roy, uh, does Roy like a tipple? I imagine he would. I mean, I, I actually couldn't find anything about whether Roy drinks, but I'd imagine him drinking a, a really nice dry-aged whiskey mm, or cool. a, a nice wine. And why did you pick uh, Freddie and Connor specifically? I know you said they both... You know, the night out information with Freddie and Connor had a big, big impact on your sporting life. Just tell us a bit more about that before we dive into how we think the night's going to go. Mm. I mean, Connor McGregor's an interesting one because up until 2016, we'd only really seen him like achieving in sport and not being this villain and mm-hmm. making headlines on the front page as well as the back. And for what he achieved in the sport of MMA got me into it, got me training, and was a big part of the reason why I took like a couple of fights. So. I mean, he's a massive hero of mine in the ring. I can't defend what he's done out of the ring. It's pretty horrific. Yeah, we'll get on to that, I'm sure. Um, So we've got our three guests all set up. First question, I guess, guys. uh, Where where is this dinner party? Who's hosting? Well, listen, it's it's Dan's cool, man. Dan, what what, what do you envisage? I'd like to have it at my house, just (laughs) in my kitchen. (laughs) Dan's great. Either that or get McGregor to host it just for the obvious mansion. But I'd, I'd quite like to put on a meal for them. You know? Okay. Do you, fat, think, you, fat you fat think Roy's living in a mansion? Roy with his, with his palace money? He's living in Ray Lewington's flat, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Is Lewington on, on drums? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Lewington's coming anyway, whether he's invited or not. Yeah, I think, I think those two are a, a double act, aren't they? And are you sending play, are you sending formal invitations out? Are you sending the place cards, making everything fancy? Or are you doing it just sort of, you know... Dutch style and just going straight in with beers and a couple of crisps. Oh, I'll definitely make the effort for Roy. I mean, the other two can. <laughs> but Roy, Roy's getting the full Connor treatment. Connor does like to suit up. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he would. Usually and forgetting I'm, the shirt. I wouldn't even need to ask him to wear a suit, but Hodgson would get the red carpet treatment. Chauffeur, probably me. I think <laughs> genuinely just reminded me of when um, McGregor posted that picture on Instagram with Rita Ora with the caption date night yeah. and the things went mental. I could see a similar thing where if he's spotted with Hodgson on, on, on the ground, a cheeky little selfie with Roy and Dee Devlin might be throwing a car, throwing a pra- what's the word? Throwing a toy down the ground, even though she's completely justified in doing so. And to think that those are the days when fairly mediocre and you know, relatively conservative behaviour was what drew Conor McGregor to the headlines. We are in very different times now. Uh, okay, guests are all set. Uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, they'll all be turning up at Dan's house for the start of the dinner. Welcome back, guys. Dan Alexander is here with us on the first episode of Winner Winner Sporting Dinner, talking us through who he is inviting to his house for a night of fun and debauchery, and he has gone for Roy Hodgson, Conor McGregor, and Freddie Flintoff. Dan, the evening is upon us. Talk us to the start. Well, the first thing to note is I would stagger the start time for each guest. Interesting. (laughs) McGregor, I tell him it starts four hours before it does because he's inevitably going to turn up late. (laughs) Hodgson, I would actually tell him four hours before the start just so I can talk to him for the four hours. (laughs) And Flintoff, I'd tell him when it actually starts. 
And then Hodgson, I'm sure he would arrive. I'd probably have some nice classical music on, just set the scene. And then get, get the finest bottle of wine out. Probably Aldi's own brand. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't complain. He's a nice man. Is this for your and Roy's romantic sort of back and forth Absolutely. before the evening Absolutely. actually begins while the sun's still up? Reminisce about Dixon Atuhu and, <laughs> and others. Crisps, any, any, any party platters uh, we've got? You know, I reckon a selection of nuts, maybe some olives, re- really fine stuff for Hodgson. I would be shocked, shocked if Roy Hodgson doesn't love a cheese board. Although you're starting with the cheese board. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not. Sometimes you can't get nibbles out. I mean, Dan is preparing for a four hour one on one. So, you know, he needs all the food he can get. But you can't lead out the gate with a cheese board. No, that's, 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 that's true. That's the curtain call. Plus, right? I think also, Roy, Roy might. Fall to the floor if you're giving him dairy before he's. <laughs> is, is, is he lactose intolerant? <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's quite a heavy start. And he is, um, he yeah. is an aging man. Yeah, he's, he can see him falling asleep in a nice Calls it armchair. He is a man of fine taste, isn't he, Roy? I read somewhere that, and I can't remember the exact club, but when he was managing in Italy, was it for the international? They asked him to um, uh, manage the club on a short-term basis and in lieu of payment he accepted concert tickets for La Scala at at a world-famous opera house uh, for him and the uh, chairman of the club at the time. Brilliant. So, well, they'll have to be invited, surely. That sounds, can I just say, that sounds like the most obvious case Sand. of buttering up ever. <laughs> oh, don't pay me, but take yourself to an opera house. <laughs> it, I mean, Roy. it also sounds like something that could be on the onion, so we might yes. not treat I think Roy's been played there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is probably why Roberto Carlos called him the worst manager that he'd ever played up there. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we've got Roy slowly melting into Dan's upholstery uh, <laughs> as he burdens him with chats of the 07, 08 Fulham days. 09. 09. All of the above. <laughs> okay, so Roy is lustfully looking around for the cheese and the dairy. Meanwhile, the doorbell rings, and who's next? Flintoff arrives. Nice, cordial. Hello, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. And I go back to Hodgson. <laughs> he gets a drink. And we continue talking. Flintoff joins the conversation. At this point, I think it's a very nice evening. I think, you know, there's a few bits in common of just sporting achievement and being underdogs and achieving. But then suddenly the noise starts. <laughs> the noise it's, starts. It's interesting because I think Freddie Flintoff is someone who became famous for being sort of rowdy and maverick. And is in the recent years, as you say, trying to calm down a little bit, be a bit more of a family man be a sort of TV presenter. And I think Roy would bring out that side of Flintoff. And I think you, you're going to bring the old side back with your next guest. <laughs> exactly. So you hear the music a mile off. The Rolls Royces pull up. <laughs> the door opens. Plural. Oh, I think, I think, you know, he's in one. His ego is in another. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this is exactly the thing. He'll get out, strut to the door, whiskey in hand, entourage, and then the fun starts. Gucci Mink. Probably, with the price tags to the <laughs> Also, I'm now imagining Dean Lewington and like Artem Lobov. Hey, some... is it, do you mean Ray? My apologies. <laughs> Dean's father, Ray Lewington, <laughs> and, and Artem Lobov in a sort of assistant he sort of side. Yeah. Perhaps with the staff, that, you know, if Dan's got a service at home, I don't know. <laughs> but that's where they'd be if they were there. I think Artem might be, Connor might have managed to convince Artem to uh, to suit up and be a waiter. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so he can yeah. be around Connor's eminence. I did actually interview Artem once, and he's a lovely guy. And he's, when you treat him as a completely separate entity to the whole McGregor machine, uh-huh. he's actually a very 
very genuine, nice person. And he's a talented fighter. As well, the Malinati fight was uh, ridiculous, yeah. you know, being an actual boxer in a bare knuckle fight. Which uh, Conor McGregor did not do when he tried to fight. No, he boxing. did not win the boxing when he did the boxing. That's oh, fair to say. I wonder who would fight. I mean, we've got two boxing legends here at your dinner party, Dan. Uh, do you think the gloves are. Are you going to bring the gloves out for McGregor v. Flintoff? Well, I'd love to see it. I mean. Things you would love to see. Things you would, would love to see. Like that is in there. I think. I mean, if we're, if we're looking at it seriously, McGregor would win quite comfortably, let's yeah. be honest. Flintoff's fight yeah. is not the best. McGregor's wasn't the best, but it was against the pound for pound number one of all time. Yeah, right. whereas, whereas Flintoff was fighting a plumber. A man in a pub. <laughs> My only worry about giving Conor McGregor the, the gloves in the vicinity of Roy Hodgson, <laughs> you know, I'm not commenting on anything, just saying, if, if an old man punks, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got all three guests uh, assembled in Dan's house. Dan's frantically sort of running around trying to satisfy uh, Connor's um, search for cocaine somewhere in London. I mean, that's um, lifeless. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, well, first episode, we're already, we're already down the pan. <laughs> so, <laughs> Three the him or his entourage. Uh, Roy Hodgson, as I said, now becoming something of a puddle on Dan's sofa, having been reduced from the talk of his managerial days. And Freddie Flintoff is frequently uh, seen doing something. Don't know what that was. <laughs> um, Dan, so first course, what are you serving? First course, well, this is the thing. I would use all of my sort of, I'd, I'd just go nibbles for the start and then I'd just get stuck into it. I don't, I don't really believe in starters. Like, what's, <laughs> the, what's the point? Like, Jesus Christ. Just, okay. just, just, if you have a starter, just put it's it on the, main, party. on the main plate. I'd quite enjoy hearing Roy Hodgson try and say the word taramatolata. We tell him what you like. That was really bad, Roy. Sorry, Roy. It wasn't great. <laughs> I think that but was lifeless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've got to get the dips based, out. Based on fact, based on fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, just a point of interest, McGregor's got uh, endorsement deals with Monster Energy, Bud Light and Burger King. Yeah, <laughs> so, different vibe to Hodgson there from Conor, it's fair to say. I don't be, think McGregor has ever actually adhered to, because the UFC have very interesting promotional rules. They were a lot, there was obviously a time a couple of years ago where fighters would earn huge amounts of money. Uh, you may remember seeing fighters walk out with their shorts and blazer like F1 mm. uh, suits where they could win their own sponsorships and those sponsorships would fund their fight camps, they would fund all their training, everything like that, and they would earn large amounts of money aside from their fight purse. These days with the UFC, obviously they have an exclusive kit deal with Reebok, yeah. which means that each fighter, based on how long they've been in the UFC, is capped at a certain salary for each fight. Fighters like McGregor, it doesn't really you know, uh, pertain to as much because he's obviously such a monumental figure outside of the ring, uh, the cage, sorry. But, um, but for a lot of others, if you're not in the top 10 of your your division, you're really not earning much money. And that was a huge controversy when that first got introduced, wasn't Still there? Is. I mean, I'm not a massive UFC fan, but I remember seeing Still how is. much reaction that got. Yeah, I mean, the whole premise is that they're meant to be contracted to work for the UFC rather than full-time employees. So when they start dictating the outfit, that becomes a matter of employment. Okay, so Dan is skipping the starter and going straight balls deep into the main, which is? Different for each guest. Roy Hodgson's getting Swedish meatballs. Oh, Self-explanatory, yeah. really. His time club legend over in Sweden. Um, but also, I don't think it would take much food to, to fill him up. I, re I was looking at a bit of research. I saw something I've never, ever seen before. 
that a study by the British Journal of Facial Characteristics found that Roy Hodgson has the smallest mouth in football. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. He, apparently, he, t- he pips Tony Mowbray by a quarter of a millimetre. <laughs> See, when I picture Tony Mowbray now, I don't picture him as having a mouth. <laughs> Whereas Roy, I, I, he's got lips, for God's sake. Um, but that, that poor little Roy, look at his little mouth trying to gobble up those meatballs. <laughs> I think that Flintoff would be classic. Play it straight, with a straight bat, steak pie and chips, just... La- nice. Lancashire hot pot, surely. Oh, <laughs> I don't know my arsenal, I'm afraid. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to make that. Are you cooking this yourself? Oh, I'm going for, I'm oh, going for that. I'll cook this. Um, and McGregor, I wouldn't bother because he'll probably turn up with his own chef and complain about my food anyway. Okay, so for this dinner party, just to clarify, we're skipping the starter and we're serving two of the guests completely different. <laughs> and then the third guest isn't getting anything. <laughs> I'm liking this. I think you're yeah. angering the one person I wouldn't want to anger out of these three people. I think. Oh, big mistake there. <laughs> you must have seen a match of a day interview with Hodgson. Well, Which yeah. I'm going to piss on. Oh, what a freak you are. <laughs> That was better that time. Yeah, Thank it was. You. I it had was. more of a run-up with that one. Admittedly, Tarim Slaughter is a tricky that, one to leave. That one was sprung on me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We're waiting for the Eubank episode, then. That's the whole <laughs> right, okay. So, uh, so the guests have all their food. The wine is presumably flowing, or did we just, due to budget reasons, stick to one There's bottle. beers, probably Flintoffs on the beers. Yeah. I think that McGregor's desperately <laughs> plugging proper 12. In the corner. <laughs> Has anyone tried proper 12 here? I've um, not. I I've, haven't managed to get my hands on it. I've heard here. it's really bad. So, <laughs> yeah, I've heard he, he basically just bought over a distillery that was already in existence and then remarketed it as his own. I mean, um, that's, all, that's all he needs to do. Makes to him a lot of money. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's making a pretty penny off that as well. Like I've seen lots of people on... He's got a lot of fanboys coming in the room, you know? A lot of weird... I don't want to say weirdos, but weirdos on the internet <laughs> who like just tweet him and like love him and the weird and wonderful fanboys, yeah. And that sort of that that uh, sort of mindset really plays into the sale of his whiskey, I think, because he's he's always known to be uh, as being good with words. Um, you know, his his post fight speeches are legendary, like his social media activity before the big fallout of recently, which we'll get on to shortly. Um, so I think him being able to sell a whiskey is actually, you know, a perfect thing. And I think Dan, you're probably right. He's probably found someone else in your house, maybe a roommate or a flatmate, with very little spare change to try and invest uh, in the import of proper twelve. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, we haven't covered Freddie as much, and I just wanted to ask, um, is it is your love of Freddie, does that stem from the 2005 Ashes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for people of my age who got into cricket at that time, it was incredible. It was the last last Ashes season series on terrestrial television, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it was, on Channel 4, yeah. I just remember that summer being just dominated by cricket. Everywhere you went, it was on. That Edgebaston test. Yeah. That over... Yeah, yeah, and, and he always raised his game for Australia as well. Yeah, like he did it in multiple series, and it got to a point where they just feared him. And it's if you look at English cricketing history; it's very rare that an Australian fears an Englishman, but they really, really did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's become a bit of a sort of almost like the other two. He's become sort of a bit of a figure of fun mm-hmm. afterwards for all of his uh, for all of his hosting. Like I said earlier, hosting a million and one TV. I'm shows. a celebrity. Yeah, singing along. He was on I'm a celebrity in Australia. Did he yeah. do well? He won it. Wow. Yeah. I still never watched him on A League of... What is it? A League of Their Own. League of Their Own. Never His seen one with either. Jack Whitehall can be quite funny, but most of the time it's pretty tedious. I hate Jack Whitehall more than anyone else. <laughs> Good Lord. Wow. So Strong opinion. I've never really watched it. Care to qualify why? Um, 
I mean, this isn't the, the forum, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean it, it definitely. Okay, Whitehall, he makes all of his jokes are the same. They're all about, oh, I'm posh. Look at my dad; he's also posh. He's a plagiarist. And that's not libelous because it's a fact. Right. Um, he stole a joke which won him a big award. Um, very predictable, very mainstream. Just, just not a fan, and also a fake football fan. And if there's nothing who, I hate who, more. Who does he purport to support? Arsenal. But he doesn't actually look it, and he doesn't actually like Arsenal. Does <laughs> Um, I just just going back on on Flintoff, trying to steer it back. Yeah, no, I don't trust Flintoff. Have you guys heard about Flintoff Towers? Yes, but expand. No. Well, so uh, it, as part of his post uh, sporting career, where he uh, wanted to sort of you know expand his his output, I guess he decided to uh, have a uh, to start up going to media, oh, bloody hell, going to real estate, and he uh, bought or oh, planned on buying these. Uh, buildings in Manchester, right. uh, which he had planned on calling Flintoff Towers, Brilliant. which I think is absolutely fantastic. And maybe, maybe the after party should be in Flintoff Towers. I think after you've, you know, after you've had your meal, you bring them back to Flintoff Towers and really let take them, them up to Flintoff. Well, Towers. quite or, yes. Something of a four-hour journey. Speaking of which, Dan, I'd love to know a bit about your house, just quickly. <laughs> Who do you live with? What sort of a gaff is it? You know. Yeah, where is it as well? Yeah. Well, well, let's not. Let's, we don't want our... We want his exact address. address. <laughs> yeah. All of our adoring fans outside, <laughs> yeah. Michael. Yeah, so I, I still live at home, live with my mum, uh, mum and dad. Is she there? Are they there in this night, or are they sitting Quite upstairs? Possibly. I actually haven't considered this, but they probably would be there, right, which okay. would be... My dad's a big Fulham fan as well, so I'm sure he would take Hodgson aside when the inevitable happens, <laughs> and McGregor and Flintoff get on one, and... He, you get a repeat of that that clip of Hodgson on the touchdown. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to have one of them stay over, and let's let's say wake up to the next time, <laughs> um, who would you like it to be? Hmm. I'm actually going to go with McGregor on this one. Good call. I I think this is no disrespect to Roy Hodgson, but I cannot think of anything worse than waking up to Roy Hodgson. <laughs> Roy Hodgson and, and Ray Lewis. <laughs> 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 That's a, that is a serious threesome. That is. <laughs> a seller sandwich. I, <laughs> I, I think that's a horrible call, Dan, if I may say so. <laughs> Purely for the interest of the safety of any women in the immediate vicinity of your house, including <laughs> your, your sainted mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> I might say. What's your mother's name out of interest? First Fiona. 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 Makes some great meatballs. And your dad? Jim. Fiona and Jim. Fiona and Jim. Oh, no, it's Rosie and Jim. Sorry, nearly got carried away with that one. Um, right, okay, so McGregor hasn't eaten anything at all. Um, he's So he's hammered at this point. Is he sitting at the table? Is he wandering around? Is he strutting? Is he punching? Realistically, he's left. Right, okay. <laughs> but in my mind, he's in the back garden just sort of sparring with flint off occasionally and then sort of coming in and dropping another crate of free merchandise or something <laughs> that I can sell on eBay and... So you're making money. Yeah. This, this, is, this is the thing Perfect. about McGregor. I feel like there's just there's a lot to be made out of him. And if there's a couple of Rolls Royces sat on the driveway <laughs> overnight and he's up there hammered, it would be a Rolls shame. Royces, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's 
absolutely staying in. <laughs> it's complete with the three-second silence. Yeah. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> okay, so we've only got two guests left, and 40 Conor McGregor had to depart, which is a bit of a shame, but, you know, actually, it's probably a blessing for us all. Um, so the plates are being cleared away by Dad, by Mum, by you. Uh, are you still badgering Royal on the Fulham days, or have you managed to realise that other people are in your hands? <laughs> At this point, my heart rate's probably dropped below 200 beats per minute. Okay. Um, I'm probably socialising elsewhere. Right, okay. Great. So uh, so you're giving your hand, clearing away the dishes. Dad at the sink. Oh, Roy's helping out. out. Roy's definitely. He's yeah. been trying. You think? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Is he a mobile man? Absolutely. I don't know about that, but he's just a polite man. You get the impression he's been he's been taught how to act at yeah, someone else's house. He's, he's regaled about his tales at, at Fulham and his books yeah. and, his, and his you know fine wines, whilst Flintoff is probably getting gradually more, more and more... Uh, Drunk is the word. Well, 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 <laughs> loves to sing along. He's always singing at the blast, like finals day. I wonder what his karaoke song would be. I'd, Dan, I'd love to know what yours is. Karaoke song? I haven't considered this. I reckon... Jennings, care to weigh in with yours whilst Dan melts uh, it It over. depends if I'm by myself or with others. You're by yourself? No, 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 I think I did a solo You're almost certainly by yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, I've got a mate from uni, we always do cook with our rock bell and John, but that's a proper duet song. Um, by myself, hmm. Uh, I, I mean, don't look back in anger, it's too cliche. Yes, it is. Um, I, think, I think I'd like to see uh, Dan, Roy, Freddie and Connor do a full take that rendition of yes. I Want You Back. And I think I think you'd, you'd have to be Gary. Um, <laughs> I think you're getting Roy to be Wobby. <laughs> Connor, he's probably left, so you can make him Jason Orange. Yeah, oh, good, oh. very good. This is a sort of take that content. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, everybody. That was... Uh, and, um, yeah, uh, the other one. Can... I was going to say, yeah, you, you really impressed me with your knowledge of three out of the four. <laughs> yeah, in case you haven't noticed, I haven't done the fourth one because I've forgotten so, who so, they are. So would what you back just be Dan essentially propositioning Roy to you know, take over the reins from Scott Parker, drive running back into the Premier League and who knows where from there. Yeah, I think that would be a that'd be a great finish to the evening, actually. Mm, I yeah, agree. A, a drunken rendition of want you back is, is always a good way to finish an evening. Are you serving desserts, Dan? Dessert, yes. Signature chocolate fridge cake, absolute dream. Oh, fridge cake? You can have it at any time. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to indulge you. <laughs> it is 10 out of 10 scram. Can you explain <laughs> what fridge cake is? Basically, like melted chocolate in a tin with like biscuits, marshmallows, anything. Like kind of like a rocky road. Oh, that's And amazing. then just wow. frozen, so then it's like a solid block. Is this a family recipe or is it something that we just don't know about? <laughs> You could say that. I mean, I got it on my dad, but I don't know if it's if it's been passed down through generations. If I know, if I know Jim, uh, <laughs> and I don't. Yeah. Sweet Caroline, by the way. Just remember, crowd pleaser. And that's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I think that's going to be one of Flintoff's favourites. Oh, you always no, I've actually that. heard him sing that before. Oh, yeah, pretty, pretty sure. So yeah. Sweet Caroline on your own. <laughs> I mean, when I said on my own, I meant a solo performance. It's Friday tomorrow, by the way. So, no need to ask us what the weekend plans are. Jennings is going to Infernos. Be <laughs> on your own. <laughs> Again, Roy. Sing Sweet Caroline. So, okay, so the chocolate fridge cake has been served. Everyone has their tin. Um, Roy just sort of peers into the tin and puts it to the side because his 
tiny mouth can't <laughs> <laughs> um, Freddie Flintoff's eaten the whole thing including the tin um, and now we're just left is there more chat going on now or is everyone kind of ready to part ways and forget this night ever happened I think now Freddie's loosened up you can sort of open the can on what happened on that night okay. yeah because it's sort of got its place in sporting folklore and one of the greatest yeah. sporting nights out and cricketers they've got a bit of a reputation for this sort of thing but the pictures are just unbelievable mm. oh. flint off outside downing street just bladdered yeah <laughs> him with uh, kp that was with, with his blonde mullet yeah well, right, was, uh, was hoggard on that night out party he seems to I, I, they were he, all there, weren't they? he yeah. loves a stout hoggard i can imagine yeah imagine absolutely. he's one of these blokes who could put away about 30 pints of one particular beer <laughs> anything else gets him completely legless that's um, not even getting onto the whole peddler incident. Have no, no, yeah. He's got a lot in his locker. <laughs> are you going to bother asking about the peddler, or are you just going to? I mean, it's fairly well documented. Like, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I don't. I don't really see what would be added by asking about that yeah. because he could, could go out on a peddler on the Thames. He could that. go out on a peddler. <laughs> go down to Craven Cottage. <laughs> oh, this is getting better. And better. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different night. <laughs> Do you live near Craven Cottage? Is that a not particularly? But I, I could arrange a. Bit of transport. Get in the taxis. A... Yeah. Pedlo. Pedlo. <laughs> you can't get on a pedlo down the. Oh, you can. Yeah. Roy Hodgson has been England manager. You get the keys to the city. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, so, one last question, which I think we might make a running thing. Me and you two, do we want to go on this dinner party? Would we enjoy being a guest at this function? Hate or hate this dinner party? Exactly. I like it. Uh, I'll go last. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I. I think I'd have a good time. I think I'd have a good time. I think I'd get a little bit bored about... Um, bored? Bored with the what four... What dinner parties are bored? you at? No, no. Bored of the four hours of Dan talking okay. to her while I'm That's chatting fair. with Jim and Fiona about their fridge cake. And I think there's only so much... It's right here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think once, uh, once all three guests are there, I think I'd have a good old time. And I, yeah, I would be uh, extremely interested in hearing about that night out as well. So I think that'd be a good time. A mixed bag for me, I think... Roy, I think, would be great company, even though I wasn't a fan of him at England. I think Flintoff would be likeable up to a point, and then I, I'm not a McGregor fan. No, I mean, I think he'd, he'd think he'd annoy me. Yeah. So I think maybe I'd duck out. I think I don't want to miss the fridge cake. <laughs> well, I think I'd have to. I think I'd have to, unfortunately. Rodri? Uh, Dan, I'm afraid I'm going to have to abstain from your dinner party. Um, uh, I do have a very annoying habit of tracking all of my food, and I think that, fr <laughs> I think that fridge cake would probably cause my head to explode. Um, but no, I, seriously, I think, I think, I never, as you said at the start, I never really want to meet McGregor. Um, he's, you know, the, the, the recent things that he's been involved with uh, over the past two years, it's been a, it's been a real roller coaster in terms of, uh, his public image and I think it's also very confusing for young he had such a strong pull with young fans bringing them into the sport like yourself you know encouraging you to get into the sport and go on to you know try it out have fights whatever that's all great stuff but he's putting himself in a very precarious position now because after his indiscretions which were reported first by the New York Times then in the Irish Post about sexual assault um, I think him Having to come out on the biggest MMA talk show, which is Ariel Hawani's uh, Monday Monday night show, having to come out on that and present this front of being a family man, a, re a renewed family man, is, is... It's all PR, isn't it? It is all PR, but it's also not why people liked him in the first place. And part of the, part of the caveat with why we loved him in the first place was, you know, mate, like, we accept that you're a complete free spirit and all that, but when you start breaking the law, this is when... 
the first couple of times, all right, but then we go down the sexual assault route and it's, oh God, it all becomes a bit serious. What a fun note to finish on, gentlemen. He's gone from the man you love to hate to the man you just So hate. you would absolutely love to be at my dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think By the way, Rodri, your answer cannot be, I've got a meal plan, so I'm not coming every single episode. <laughs> You're going to have to marry things up at some point. Until the magic episode when I host it. <laughs> no one's eating. And everyone brings their own plans. <laughs> Um, right, Dan, thank you very much for Cheers, being man, our Enjoyed inaugural it. guest and creating much, one hell of a holy mess for us to dissect. <laughs> uh, that is it for us uh, for this week on Winnowing and Sporting.